Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the ninth day of September. I'm Paul. I want to thank you for joining me on a Saturday. Saturday is the day we introduce the Sunday sermon and the message that you can expect to find across all of our audio platforms, posts every Sunday morning, full-length sermon, and, of course, video available at our YouTube page, PWM, or our website, paulwhiteministries.com. Tomorrow, we bring to you the July monthly encounter with our friends in Chapin, South Carolina. Uh, We have had a little bit of backlog. We're relieving some of that backlog now, but uh, it's here we are in September just getting to the July sermon from Chapin. This is a message titled, The Chosen People of God. Now, I choose that title because that's a common phrase that we use. A lot of people use it regarding Israel or the Jewish nation. Other people use it regarding the church. In whatever aspect it is used, it often comes with the almost unspoken caveat that if you are the chosen people of God, the reason that you're chosen is to be blessed, to be favored, to have everything go your way, to be to sort of get a leg up in whatever you're part of. You'll hear people say, well, I knew this would work out. We're chosen. And I, that, that strikes me as, in many ways, the opposite of the way God presents to the original chosen one, Abraham, everything that he's going to have him do. Yes, there's an element of you're blessed, but there's a massive element of, more than an element, there's a boulder, there's baggage of you're going to be a blessing, What does it mean to be the chosen people of God? What is required? And, of course, we are righteous by faith in Christ. Grace is our lot. What comes with that? What do we do? This is a message that we bounce back and forth between the New Testament and the Old, and we're very upfront about that. In fact, I make that statement somewhere in the middle of the sermon that we're going to, or early in the sermon, that we're going to bounce back and forth, back and forth, try to see chosen from a New Testament perspective, then chosen from an Old Testament understanding, then chosen from a New Testament perspective, and then chosen from an Old Testament prophetic understanding, while also dipping into the way it was seen in Jesus. And so this is this is full, and I think you're going to you're going to get something out of this called The Chosen People of God. You can find it wherever you get your podcast if you like audio. If you prefer video, of course, it'll be at YouTube. Okay, today, back to Mark 15. Jesus is hanging on the cross between the two robbers, as Mark calls them. And we arrive at Mark 15:29. And those who passed by blasphemed him wagging their heads and saying, Aha, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. John chapter 2 has Jesus explicitly saying that he will, that if they tear down the temple, he will rebuild it in three days. And then John comments those letters in black as opposed to the letters in right in red the the uh, John comments that Jesus is speaking of his body that leads us to the theology of Paul 
who tells us that the church is the body of Christ. The church is the temple of Christ. Paul builds off of that idea. Mark never actually has Jesus saying it. It just has people commenting on Jesus saying it. And it's as if John wants to make clear later that Jesus actually did say it, that it is something that come from the lips of Jesus. But the crowd at the foot of the cross in Mark 15 are making fun. Aha, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. Not realizing that they're actually saying the opposite of what Jesus needs to do in order to destroy the temple and raise it in three days, he must stay on the cross because the temple he's talking about is his body. Remember, before he goes to the cross, he tells his disciples that the temple has been left to Israel desolate. In other words, God doesn't live there anymore. That's not his house any longer. So God has already moved on spiritually from the temple to find a new temple. That temple is going to be three days in construction between Calvary and the resurrection. The same spot where Jesus in John 14 says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. He said, I go away to prepare a place for you. And if I go away, I'll come again and receive you unto myself that where you are, where I am there, you may be also. That isn't talking about thousands of years out in the future. It's talking about Jesus going into that place of preparation and doing what he said he would do, constructing a temple in three days. When he's raised up at the resurrection, he invites us into that temple. We are invited into the likeness of his death so that we are raised into the likeness of his resurrection. So when they wag the head and say, aha, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. If he saves himself and comes down from the cross, he does not build a new temple because the new temple is not wood Hay, stubble, gold, silver, precious stones is not marble and stone. It's bodies. Collectively, literally, the body of Christ made up of his children, his family. He's building something they cannot see. So in their sarcasm, save yourself, come down from the cross. All he would be doing is saving himself. But he wouldn't be saving anyone else. And if he doesn't step into our death, he cannot be fully human. This is the last moment of full humanity for Jesus. You are not fully human if you do not step into death. It is what makes you fully human. Jesus being fully human, fully God, steps into death, fully human, steps out of the grave, fully God, so that he can invite all of us humans into what it means to live the life of God. There's more that they say, and we'll say it with them tomorrow. Have a great day. God bless.